Rick's been here before, uh, but uh, I just am so looking forward to this, and uh, Brother Joshua is just, uh, I've gotten to know him the last couple years, and uh, I just am thankful for him, I'm thankful for his family. He is uh, pastored before he went to Oklahoma in Bellingham, Washington, and uh, was way out there with all the different folks, and, uh, and, uh, but uh, Lord's led him a little bit closer to normalcy, uh, but uh, he's in Oklahoma now, but, uh, but I'm so glad he's with us, and uh, he'll be preaching for us, but his family is going to sing for us, and so if they'll come, they'll sing, and then Pastor, when they're all done singing, you just start preaching, so thank you, brother. Amen. We are absolutely excited to be here. We're not all going to be singing this morning. Uh, we got uh, Carrie and Alex over here. Uh, in the pew. Bradley's tearing up junior church. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, it's great. It's just awesome to be here. We're very excited. And uh, so go ahead. Sweet Rose of Sharon, spotless and pure Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the promised Emmanuel, God's Son. Jesus, our Lord and Creator, who witnessed and conquered the grave. Jesus, this world's only Savior. Jesus, what a wonderful name. Rose of Sharon, the spotless and pure Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the promised Emmanuel, God's Son. Jesus, our Lord and Creator, who witnessed and conquered the grave. Jesus, this world's only Savior. Jesus, what a wonderful name. Jesus, Sweet Rose of Sharon, the spotless and pure Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the promised Emmanuel, God's Son. Jesus, our Lord and Creator, who witnessed and conquered the grave. Jesus, this world's only Savior. Jesus, what a wonderful name. Jesus, this world's only Savior. Jesus, what a wonderful name. Life can be filled with what ifs and with onlys as we settle in the valley of regret. A hope. 
hopeless situation has no consolation and it seems that giving up is all that's left but we must take God at his word and have the faith to trust the Lord knowing that he's not finished yet what if we really believe that God would meet our every need and nothing is impossible with him and what if when we stand before our maker instead of hearing you've been faithful as we give account for every word and deed he says child i had so much in store if only you had trusted more it only takes the faith of a mustard seed what if if only you will do till I trust in him to see me through knowing he will bring his will to pass what if we really believe that God would meet our every need and nothing is impossible with him stand before our maker instead of hearing you've been faithful as we give account for every word and deed he says child i had so much in store if only you had trusted more it only takes the faith of a mustard seed what if if only you believe what if if only Praise the Lord. Take the Word of God this morning. Turn to Acts in chapter 3. I'll tell you, uh, we uh, have been looking forward to being here. And uh, since, I mean, since Pastor Travis asked us uh, to be here, I've been looking forward to uh, coming and meeting some of you. You should hear the stories he tells about some of you when he's out preaching. All good things. All good things. 
Is that right? Is that what you told me to say? No. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I've, I've heard just great stories of this church. I honestly, I'd never, uh, never uh, heard of you uh, until uh, five years ago when the Elams uh, came here and, and uh, had moved their membership here and you became their sending church. We supported the Elams and, and I called my brother uh, Rick and uh, that is my brother, by the way. Somebody said, is your dad Rick Carter? And I said, yes, and my brother. It's confusing. It's, that's why we didn't get everybody up here all at the same time to sing first, because too many Carters is overwhelming, and we want to work you into it a little bit. And, and, uh, and, but uh, yes, but so the answer is yes, dad and brother, uh, Rick Carter. And uh, the, uh, but uh, now I forgot what I was saying even. But oh, oh, I called my brother Rick, and I said, uh, have you ever heard of a place called I don't even know how I pronounced it. I know how to pronounce it now, Kazadel. Amen. I've worked on that hard. I've worked on that really hard. Uh, but uh, I was like, he's like, oh yeah. He said that's a great church. And I'm telling you, I've, I've just—it's been a pleasure to hear about you and uh, what you do for missions already, and what God's already using you to do. And uh, then to get to know your pastor and his wife and Hope. And uh, but. Uh, uh, to uh, get to know them and to see their heart for the Lord. And uh, I tell you, I thank, uh, I'm thankful for your pastor's heart for the Word of God. I really am. And uh, we talk and, and uh, communicate, and, uh, and he always like, he's, always, he's always like, okay, that sounds great, but the Bible says. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, but my ideas were good too, right? You know, um, but no, I just I really do appreciate his heart for the Word of God and his love for missions. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, we love missions, and I'm, I'm the product, I would say this, the product of, of home missions, and I uh, got to grow up uh, with my father planting churches, and uh, so I'm thankful for uh, the opportunity to be able to be in the ministry and to be a part of, uh, of the ministry, and uh, then to be a part of missions, and I hope you are too. And I, I went back and grabbed uh, uh, this card, and, and it just says, who much is given, much is required. I'm just. I'll tell you. Um, that's just a. That's just a. That's a, a biblical truth, and we better grab a hold of it. And while we we can say, well, I'm, we're just not rich. We're we're. I mean, we tithe, and we're we're just not rich, and we give to missions, and and we're not rich. I'm telling you, we have much. We have so much. You don't have to go far outside of you America to find out just how much we have. Even the poorest of us, and and God wants to use us, and God wants to use you this week. And I'm excited to be here with you and to be on this journey with you this week and just to see what God will do uh, in your heart. And I always tell uh, our church, I don't want you to give a penny more than, than, than God wants you to give. But, but please, friend, make sure you don't give a penny less either. Because, I mean, God's going to take what little bit we have and he's going to do great things with it. He's going to do that. He does that in our church. He's going to do that in your church this year. He's going to do that in your life this year. If you'll be sensitive to give God uh, what he desires as, 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 and you say, well, it's not much. I'm telling you, uh, uh, there, there's not one of us here that was, that was much before God got a hold of us. I'm telling you, and look what God did with you. Some of you, I'll tell you, it's amazing what God did with you. I, I haven't even met you yet, and I can tell. It's amazing uh, what God's done with you. And I don't know, I'm ex- I, I already felt a little bit at home. I get, uh, I'm get, i weirder. The more you get to know me, I get weirder and weirder. Brother, Brother Travis can attest to that. And uh, whoever, I want to be your friend, whoever, the, the, the lady that was in the middle back row, and she at the end of the song, she had her fist up in the air. I was like, it's my kind of gal right there. I don't know, I can't even find her right now. I'm looking around. Oh, right there. Oh, there she is. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's find Acts in chapter 3. If you would stand for honor of the Word of God this morning. Uh, I, I, Pastor said that missions conference starts tonight, but we won't tell him. It's actually starting this morning. That's where I was. 
I, I thought it was starting this morning anyway. And, and, uh, and I want to uh, preach to you this this morning, ministry opportunities, ministry opportunities. And uh, we were down in uh, uh, Mexico uh, preaching a youth camp this last July, or this July, uh, just a few months ago, and uh, just studying, praying for this conference. And Lord laid this on my heart uh, with the theme, Remember Me. And uh, remember me. And I, I just thought, you know what? As we go through our daily lives uh, ministering, that's what all of us should be doing. As we go through our daily lives ministering, uh, uh, we should be mindful of the missionaries that are going, have given their lives to minister, right? I mean, they've uprooted themselves, given everything to go somewhere and, and to minister. And so, uh, by the grace of the Lord, I hope this is help and a blessing this morning. Uh, but ministry opportunities. Begin reading in verse number one. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And certain man, um, man lame from his mother's womb was carried, uh, whom they laid daily at the gate, uh, of the temple, which is called beautiful, and to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, "Look on us, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, "Silver and gold have I none. Everybody else can say Amen right there." But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he, looked, and he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew uh, that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was helped, uh, which healed, which was healed, Held Peter and John, all the people ran together into uh, unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? As or, or why look ye uh, so in, uh, uh, earnestly upon us, as though by our own power uh, 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 or uh, or holiness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of your of our fathers, hath hath glorified His Son Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together, and then we'll get into the message. Dearly Father God, we just thank you so much for your goodness and your love. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you just would, uh, Lord, just uh, calm my uh, heart this morning. And I pray that your word would be uh, just preeminent, and God, that we would be able to glean from it that which you would desire and that uh, your spirit would be able to take it and minister. And Lord, uh, I, I just recognize this morning how feeble my words are and how uh, uh, great and how powerful your word is. So Lord, this morning I pray that I'd just be able to help us to have a greater understanding of it. And Lord, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Somewhere uh, along the line, and I don't know necessarily in independent Baptist circles, although I do believe it 
it is creeping in for, for sure into uh, uh, independent Baptist circles, but ministry became a vocation. It, it became a job that someone would enter into, and, and, uh, and uh, somebody was like, maybe at a job fair, and so you like people, and they said some days, they said maybe ministry ought to be uh, what you ought to look into, uh, but, uh, but it became a, a vocation. It, becomes a, it became an exclusive club to be in uh, uh, the ministry, to be, a, uh, to be a minister. It became an exclusive club for those who uh, went to Bible college, and I praise the Lord, I got to go to Bible college, and they gave me a piece of paper, and, and they allowed me to read the Bible still. Amen? Praise the Lord. I, I'm excited about that, uh, that I got all that accreditation for that, uh, that I could just open the Word of God and read it. But, uh, uh, but understand with me, uh, uh, they, just because you uh, uh, go to Bible college, and just because you graduate, doesn't necessarily make you a a minister. <laughs> In fact, I've met people, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or run anybody down at all. I've met people that are ordained that I, I would say that technically, biblically, according to the Word of God, they don't quite fit the, well, the definition of a minister. Uh, uh, they don't. But, but I, I do understand this, that the reality is that God has saved you. If He has saved you, He has saved you that you might be able to be a minister. His greatest desire for his disciples is that they would learn to be ministers, that they wouldn't be looking on their own needs, uh, but they would live lives that would be looking at every man, the need of others. That was his desire for them as they stood around and said, man, I wonder which one of us is going to be chief uh, in his kingdom, which one of us is going to be uh, 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 you know, on the top shelf uh, uh, when he come into his kingdom. His desire for them is that they would each one be a minister, each one of them would seek not to be uh, uh, the guy on top, but they would all seek to be the lowest uh, of the servants, to be the, uh, I mean, to be the person that was the lowest in the kingdom. That was his goal so that he might be able to exalt them to the place that he would want them to be. And I just want us to understand this morning uh, uh, that God desires for us to live our daily lives as ministers of Jesus Christ. It's his greatest desire for you is that you would learn to minister to other people, that you would learn to uh, uh, to live your life, that you would go forth and you would uh, uh, live it in such a way that other people uh, would be impacted with what God has done for their soul and, and not what you can do for them, uh, but that you would live a life that would go around and say, i got to tell you about what God's done. I, I, I'm telling you, uh, God gives us opportunities to do that. We were sitting in a, a, a hotel in, uh, in somewhere, around St. Louis, east of St. Louis somewhere. Uh, yesterday, was it yesterday morning? My days are, yeah, it was yesterday morning. Yesterday, Saturday, because this is Sunday. So it was yesterday morning. And uh, when we went into the hotel, uh, there was a couple checking in front of us, and we just hey, how you doing? And you know, got you know, they were in my way, so I'm like, all right, now move along, so I can get it checked in. And, and, and it was really honest in my mind. And and then we went to the hotel, or we went to a restaurant just right around the corner from the hotel, and and they were there at the restaurant there again ahead of us, and so obviously they got seated first, and and so they're in our way again. And and uh, then I beat them to breakfast that next morning. I was down at eating breakfast about six thirty. I was sitting there at my table. I had my, I just I just got my food, sat down, I was going to read my Bible, and, and this older couple walks in, they say, we just keep bumping into you, and, and it was like the third time they came across my path that God said, maybe you ought to talk to them. Right. 
I mean, just maybe. You ought to just spend time to talk to them. And, and, and lo and behold, here they were coming back from uh, uh, Connecticut. She's from Connecticut. They're coming back from uh, there, her and her husband. She's in her 80s. He's in his 90s. And I mean, he looked good for 92. I mean, I'm, I hope I'm that, look, look that great at 90. Uh, probably not going to make it. Uh, but, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but anyway, so, so we're sitting there at, uh, at breakfast, and, and she just start, we just start talking. And uh, she just uh, asked where we're going. And, 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 and if you're here today, remember, realize that sometimes you need to do hold on to some information. If I was taking notes, I think I could have done a lot of different stuff with their credit and everything. But anyway, uh, uh, anyway, they're coming back and they're they're uh, they're uh, uh, just they're coming back. What they were up in Connecticut for? Her mother died uh, uh, of uh, of COVID. Uh, she's in her 80s. Her mother died in 2020 of COVID, and uh, she she was going back to put her ashes there in Connecticut, where she wanted to be interned there in Connecticut. And her brother died like a year ago, and, and so he as well wanted to have his ashes back up in Connecticut, not down in Arizona. So here we are in the middle of nowhere uh, of Illinois, which there's a lot of that, I think. But uh, uh, anyway, we're in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, and uh, just close to St. Louis. And, and, and here I have this opportunity to sit there and talk to him. And she opens up about how her how great her mom was and how she passed away and, and everything. I, had a, I, I mean, I, don't, I hadn't even opened my Bible yet. She had no idea I was a preacher. And guess what? And a ministry opportunity. I got to share. I got, I got to sit there for 45 minutes. Just sit there. There, there was, uh, I mean, very God just kept that whole breakfast area just real quiet. Shared my testimony with them and, and gave them a track. And, and I'm going to tell you, before they were leaving, they were coming up and asking, uh, saying, we're going back down through Arizona. Which direction would you go? I mean, we became best friends there in about 45 minutes. And I got to give them the gospel. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but, but I do know this. God afforded a ministry opportunity, so I got to share my testimony about what Christ had done in my life for with them and what Christ could do in their life as well. I'm telling you, if we'll have our eyes open, we can be about our daily routine and about our daily business, and we can find ourselves in ministry opportunity after ministry opportunity if we would simply have a heart's desire that God would use us to minister. We can find ourselves in that place. And as Peter and John were on their way into the temple, uh, uh, they were going there about the hour of prayer. And if you study the hour of prayer, there were three times uh, a day when the, the Jews would go to the temple and, and they were praying. It would be 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. And, and, uh, and that's kind of a, a pattern we see throughout the Word of God for the Jewish people. David said, evening and morning and at noon, while I pray and cry aloud, and he will hear my voice. We understand Daniel's habit was that he would go and he would pray thrice a day. And, and he would he would uh, uh, stop and pray. So this is something that that they were accustomed to. It, it's just something that they might have done, uh, uh, like a lot of us probably this morning. It's Sunday, and we got up and we got uh, hopefully took a shower. Praise the Lord, and uh, and we got ready for church, and we came to the house of God. And and and, and many times it, it, we can just do that. And I'm not saying this is bad. I'm not I'm not saying this is bad at all. You should be in the house of God on Sunday. It should be your habit to be in the house of God when it's open, when the doors are open, and when Sunday is here. Uh, it should be your habit. But uh, I mean. It just just like where, where I mean, it would just be second nature for a child of God. Where are you going to be Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? I'm going to be at Cazadel Baptist Church or, or, or Beth Haven Baptist Church. Wherever it is I, that God's planned to be, that's where I'm going to be. I think that is a good habit to form. And, and this could have been very, uh, if, I, if I can say it, it could have been very habitual for them that they were just going through uh, uh, something they, they were accustomed to do. We'd understand that uh, uh, back in chapter number 2, if you read back, that, that the church met daily in the temple. It was something that they were 
doing on a daily basis. Your pastor is very gracious, and he only holds services on you know Sundays and Thursdays, and and then uh, 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 and then every other day of the week at a rest home somewhere in the area. But 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 he's very gracious to you. I mean, and uh, you're welcome. By the way, he only only three times a week. You're you're very welcome. Uh, uh, and I, I tell my people that too. You're well, I'm so gracious. We only do this three times a week. But in, anyway, so so but this would this could almost have been something habitual. They were going daily there. That's what they were accustomed to do. And, and, and as they were going about their daily uh, 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 routine, they come about a man that was, he was involved in his daily routine as well. Right. I mean, that's what he was doing. I mean, it says he was laid daily uh, at the Gate Beautiful. That, that Gate Beautiful would have just been uh, 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 inside the eastern gates. It would have been uh, uh, right before you went into the, 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 the really the, uh, the temple area. You had the temple mount, and then you had the temple itself. And, and before you went into the court of women, that would have been that, that Gate Beautiful that would have been there from what, from what I study. And, and, and they would lay him there uh, daily, and, and he would beg for alms. And, and we know that it would have been, it, the Bible says he was there daily, but it would have been something that he was accustomed to going there and, and speaking out for alms and asking for alms and, and desiring that, that someone would give unto his physical need so that he might be able to have his physical need met and, and, and that he might be able to get that taken care of. Uh, in fact, it was so, so much the so, so much his daily routine that after his healing, as we read in the, in the Word of God here today, uh, uh, there in verse number uh, 10, 11, uh, uh, they, people were marveling that this guy that was there by the gate, uh, I mean, this is him that just sat there and begged for alms all the time. That's what his thing was. That's what he did. And, and they were marveling at this that had taken place. It was these men that were involved in their daily routine of their life. They were engaging in the things that uh, uh, they were normal to do. And, and here, honestly, they, they happened upon a God-appointed moment in time where God was going to use Peter and John uh, to be able to minister under the spiritual need uh, of this man. God was going to move. It's, it's fascinating to me that, that, that it is this point in time uh, that God is working. It, it's very likely, it's, it's, it's actually more than very likely, it's very, very, I mean, uh, it would be unlikely that this didn't happen, that at some point in time, he crossed paths with Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jesus had been in the temple before. He was there every day. I mean, at some point in time, uh, Christ had gone by the path of this man and had heard this man beg. Christ had done miracles in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, if you go back to John chapter 2 and verse 23, uh, uh, we know the main part of his ministry was up in the uh, in the Galilee region, but Christ had done miracles there. And, and it tells us in Luke 40 and verse number 40, I'm sorry, 4 and verse 40, and then in Matthew uh, uh, 15 and verse number 30, uh, that he healed everyone that they brought to him. But this man had never been brought to him. But he came close by the, path, the footsteps of the Savior. I'm sorry, I'm telling you, this guy had to have been very close to uh, uh, Jesus Christ because, I mean, it talks about Jesus Christ exiting out the uh, the eastern gate and walking down into the Kidron Valley. I'm telling you, Christ would have walked right by this person. And I'm telling you as well that you go by people every day that get really close to Christ, but they still never met him. Come on, come on. Well, I, we, you, you, there's a lot of churches around here. Uh, and no doubt that you've done a lot of witnessing and you've done, done a lot of handing out of tracts and you've talked to people before. And, and, and I'm telling you, each and every one of us every day, come by people that they're close to Christ 
I mean, they, I mean, they might have received a track on their door before. They might be working with a, a Christian that knows the, of the true gospel and has shared it with them. I mean, they're so close to Christ, but they've never, met, uh, they've never really met Christ for themselves. They don't really know who he is. And, and on this day, friend, listen, God had a divinely appointed time where Peter and John were going to t- not just uh, come by his way, but as he was going to cry out to them, they were going to stop and actually notice him. I'm telling you, a third time, and finally the Holy Spirit of God said, Hey, QN, you might need to minister to these people. <laughs> Come on! God gave me this message months ago, in, back in July, and, and yet still helping me teach it, learn it. And I'm just saying, as you go about your daily routine, and other people are going about daily, their daily routine, that we have a Holy Spirit of God that is working inside us to will and to do of His good pleasure, that desires for us to come into contact with people that need to know His Son, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's how God works. I'm telling you, I'm thankful. I, I, I'm so thankful I got to go up, grow up in a, in a preacher's home. I, I got that testimony, and I'm, I'm telling you, I am, I am very grateful for it. I, that that, the, uh, that uh, theme verse of much is given, much is required that's on your, uh, your giving card, I, I very much take that to heart uh, because I've been given much, and, and, and my wife has been given much, and, and, and we've been very mindful as we've raised our children that they are on her side, they're fourth-generation Christians. On, on my side, they're third-generation Christians, and... And, and, and I'll just be honest with you, there's, there's not a lot of third and fourth generation Christians if you go around the country. There, there's just not a lot of them that are still walking where their great-grandparents walked. There's just not a lot of them. They're still in the same uh, kind of Baptist church or a Baptist church at all that their grandparents would have darkened the door of uh, uh, back in the day. I mean, there's just not a lot of that. And so we've been very mindful of, of what we've been given and how much we've been given and our, our desire for them. Uh, very, I've been, I haven't been shy about it at all. I said, man, I said, I want you to go to the same Baptist church that your grandpa would have gone to. I mean, I want you to be a part of the same kind of church that your grandpa helped to start. I want you to be a part of that. and I've shared that with them numerous times, and they're going to have to make that decision. But listen to me, friend, of whom much is given, much is required. And God had given Peter and John much, and God had brought them to this place, and God had brought this, them to this time, and God was desiring for them to share what he had given to, with, to them to someone else. I, I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here tonight had there not been a neighbor lady that came by my grandmother's door in Bakersfield, California, knocked on the door, uh, of the apartment that my dad and his parents lived in, and, and said, listen, I want to I invite you to church. And my grandma said, yeah, it's just really not our thing. And so she came by the next week. <laughs> I just want to invite you again to church. I, I, I mean, how many of you know a testimony like that? Come on, a testimony that starts like somebody just kept knocking on the door and knocking on the door, or that coworker just kept asking and asking and asking and asking until finally I got so frustrated I wanted to shut them up. I wanted them to stop asking me to go to church. So I went to church for the gospel of Jesus Christ and it changed my life. I mean, do you know preachers and missionaries? And uh, I mean, it wasn't because, man, uh, oh, they've been given so much. No, no, it's just because someone else who knew Christ was coming by their way and was putting themselves in the way of that individual and said, I, I don't have anything other to offer you other than what Christ has offered me, and I want you to come down to the church with me and, and hear the message that changed my life as well. I'm telling you, that's not just something that happened 50 years ago, although that did happen 50 years ago. That still happens today. 
I'm I, I still happens today, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, on my mind and my heart, the last two days, I've been thinking about God. Uh, I, I, those people didn't pray; they didn't ask you to save you. But, but Lord, would you use my testimony in their life as they're driving? I, I mean, still a half of their trip to get back to Arizona. Uh, would you just help that to be on their heart and mind? They're in their 90s and 80s, Lord. They don't have much time left. They might not even make it home. But they have heard the gospel. And we don't know what Christ might do with that, or the Holy Spirit of God might do with that. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not here today uh, uh, because my mom and dad were something uh, amazing as, as they were. Uh, uh, I'm not here today because of that. I, I'm not here today because I'm anything special. I, I, there's a lady, I, I'm not going to know her until she gets to heaven, that kept knocking on my grandmother's door and bugging her to bring her her son with her to church when he was eight years old, that he might be able to hear the gospel and that he might be able to grow up to raise children to follow Christ. That's why I'm here. I, I, listen, I'm here today with my wife, uh, my my beautiful wife, and our beautiful family, and, and we're here today because uh, her her grandfather, uh, who was uh, who was a, a, a mean, angry drunk, that's who he was. I mean, he he, he abused. He talked to her uh, uh, uncle, her her older uncle and aunt, and and uh, they talk about how mean their dad was. Until one afternoon, they were playing out in the in the yard. They were just little kids, like nine, ten years old, and they were playing out in the front yard of their house in the Denver, Colorado area. And, and somebody from uh, uh, from the church, uh, uh, from Inglewood Baptist Temple, there uh, came by, and, and they had uh, these uh, these uh, these little pieces of candy, and they had flyers for the church bus. This is what they had. They, they said, hey, we want, to, we want to encourage you to ride on the church bus. Come with us uh, to church. And, and, and they came by the next Saturday. And finally, uh, I don't know how many Saturdays it was, finally grandma, uh, mom, her grandma and grandfather let them ride on the church bus. And it wasn't too long uh, before they had a special day. And, and her grandma and grandpa went to church there. Uh, uh, and, and he got saved. And, and then he be surrendered to preach. And then he uh, you know, started uh, uh, numerous churches. I, I'm telling you, uh, I'm telling you, we're not here to today for any other reason other than the fact that someone in their routine of life said you know what I'm going to stop and I'm going to look on the need of someone else that's why I get to be here today probably if you got to get up and share your testimony somewhere along the line it sounds pretty similar that someone took time in their daily routine that they might be able to minister unto someone else, that they might be able to minister Christ unto someone else. And honestly, that's exactly what true ministry is. It's what ministry is. It's when we take time to minister Christ to someone. No, no, no. It's when we take time to be in the stead of Christ uh, uh, for someone and for their need, and we have a desire to minister unto them. And, and, and we're able to see beyond uh, what they think they need, and we're able to show them what they really need, because this man's mind was, I just need money so that I can buy bread, or I can buy uh, uh, the, the, the few things that I, that I think I need uh, in, in this life. And, and, and Peter's just like, listen, I, I don't got any money. That's how we honestly know he was an authentic Baptist preacher. He's like, I'm, I'm broke. Uh, if he had money, he'd already given it away to someone, and uh, it's already it's already gone. You know, there was a, there was something broken at the, at the temple, you know, in the Solomon's porch, and they took up an offering. I don't know, uh, but but listen, but listen, uh, uh, he was able to see. Okay, <laughs> well, I know that's what you think you need. I know that's what you really want. But I'm going to give you what you really need. That's 
And what he really had need of was Christ. That's what he really had need of. And some people are like, well, I, I mean, uh, I wish we could have miracles done today. Listen, that was a sign gift for their time. We can go into 1 Corinthians in chapter number 12. Probably actually, if the Lord leads still, we will be there uh, a little bit roundabout. But, but God was still working among the Jews and still giving them signs. And he was working among his apostles and still using signs among them. And, and, and so uh, this isn't something that, like, well, if I could go out and I could lay hands on someone, they could rise up and walk. I'd do that too. That sounds, uh, that sounds cool. No, no, no. Uh, you and I, come on. We have, uh, according to Peter. No, come on. According to Peter, the very guy that's doing this at this very moment in time, that stood on the Mount of Transfiguration with Christ as, as he showed himself uh, unto them. You and I have a more sure word of prophecy. <laughs> come on, come on! You didn't get excited about that. That's an amazing thing over here. I have one guy smiling over here about that. One lady. No, come on, come on! The very guy that did this healing at the—it's uh, Christ that did the healing, but that brought the healing of Christ to this man. He 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 wrote a, a letter to us, Second Peter, and, and he said, "Listen, I want you to understand this: uh, uh, that uh, uh, even though I was an eyewitness uh, of uh, the the transfigure, transforming of Jesus Christ, even though I walked with him and I saw what he did, uh, understand? He said of you and I who get to go around and we get to share the word of God and we get to say, listen, uh, I, I I had foot faith." in what the Word of God has to say and, and, and what the Word of God has to say about Jesus Christ and it changed my life. This very man said that you have a more sure word of prophecy. <laughs> I should blow our minds. Think I've got, I mean, it's people, oh, I wish, I wish we had the power to heal. If you should, you should be down at a hospital and, and shame on you for not staying down there 24-7 touching everyone that walks in the ER. Shame on you. Shame on Benny Hinn. You know, but, but friend, listen, listen. We, we don't have to get, we have to like, oh, I need some miraculous apostolic power. Come on! The same guy that had the miraculous apostolic power. He said, listen, God has put in our hands, he has allowed us by his spirit to have in our very hands the most powerful thing that man has ever had. In God's word, we have a more sure word of prophecy where we might be able to go and we might be able to minister Christ to someone who truly, truly needs him. They have no clue. I, I'm, come on. They have no clue that's what they need. But, but friend, when you start talking to people that they lost mom and they lost their brother and, and they have no hope, I'm telling you, even people that are lost and aren't Christian, they don't go to church, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you realize you start sharing the word of God with them, some people might get angry and throw things at you. That, that could happen as well. That's an alternative. Could, it's happened. I'm not saying this is everyone. But most of the time, I'm just telling you, most of the time my experience is when you say, you know what, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to, sympathize, you're trying to sympathize with them and, and, and you share the word of God and you share your testimony. I'm not saying everybody just like, oh, man, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I, they didn't do that either. But I'm telling you, it did comfort them. It, it brought them hope. Why? Because I have hope. I have hope. I have hope today, and I'm telling you, you're going to walk by people in your daily routine, and they don't have any hope, and you get to come by, and you get to minister hope unto them, and everybody marveled that this man, now who was lame, and he was laying there begging every day, he had no hope at all. 
now they had hope. And I'm telling you, got everybody excited. And, and, and Peter then, we're going to, Lord will, we're going to look at this tonight. Peter just was able to stand up and go, hey, it wasn't by our great works or our holiness that this happened. I'm telling you how this happened. This, this happened because Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and now you can have hope. <laughs> what happened? It's what took place. <laughs> we need to learn to be true ministers. We need to be learning that, listen, how to, throughout our daily lives, share the gospel. Every opportunity we get sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You understand with me? Your missionaries, they go to a, a, a foreign city or a foreign land or a country, and, and, and they're, they're like going around, and, okay, how, how can we share the gospel? I mean, they're just looking for opportunities. In some nations, that's difficult to do in. Some nations, that's easy to do in. Uh, uh, but their, but their, their life's goal is, that, listen, uh, 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 we need to find a way to minister the gospel unto these people. We need to find a way to, 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 to crack our way into their environment, to, uh, uh, to be able to get them to come up and talk to us. I mean, honestly, that's something our missionaries deal with. I mean, we uh, uh, somewhat have it you know, a, a little easy, but, but, but friend, understand they're going to a foreign place where they're, they've been there a lot longer than Americans have. No, they just have. And a lot of the places around the world, they kind of look down on Americans. I don't know if you knew that. It's not like, hey, I'm an American and I showed up with all the answers. They already think that about you. No, I'm telling you, in a lot of these nations, they already think you're a bunch of arrogant Americans. And they're right. They're absolutely right. Come on. We are the world champions at everything that we don't even compete with the rest of the world in. Come on, we are arrogant. And, and, and that's the rest of the world's kind of picked up on that. And so that's not really a good place to start with is, hey, I've come here to share the gospel with you, even though you shared the gospel with us. And they're like, man, we, we've already got religion. We've already got a church. We've already got, 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 got. And, and they're really not interested in the Johnny-come-lately that's coming around to tell them some good news. And they spend their daily routine. Lord... Would you give us an opportunity to witness to somebody? God, would you just speak to us, lead us, give us wisdom? How, how are we supposed to minister the gospel to these people that don't really want it? How are we supposed to do that? We, we, we got to live in uh, Bellingham, Washington, pastor there for 11 years and had a wonderful time, beautiful place. I'd recommend go visit. Don't go live. All right, go visit. All right, it's beautiful. Uh, uh, and uh, Alaska cruise, it's just gorgeous. The starts Seattle going up. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But, but I was reading an article. We'd been there a couple years, and there was an article put out by the Seattle Times, and it said, Godless in Seattle. It was, uh, it was a kind of a, a, a rebuttal to some... Uh, Fox News anchor that made a statement about how godless uh, Seattle was when he was talking about Olympia, Washington, and Olympia, Washington is a different city, uh, 45 miles away. And, and so this, as, as this reporter is writing a real arrogant response to, his, uh, to his, what he had to say about how godless Seattle is. And he said, honestly, uh, uh, records show and all the statistical information he's looked at, Seattle is not the most, un, most godless city in Washington state. <laughs> Bremerton Silverdale, that was the most ungodly city in the, in, uh, by the statistics, by the numbers that he, he, had, he had put together. And I, I think he probably was working pretty hard to get the numbers. But he said, this is actually the, the most un ungodly place. And he said, the second most ungodly place, 72.4. I have the article in my office. I have it in a file in my office. Uh, so I can remember, 72.4 was Bellingham, Washington. 
said 72.4% of the population there do not have faith in anything. That's, by their own admission, they have faith in nothing. I'll tell you, that's, that's difficult. I mean, they didn't even have faith in, you know, they didn't have AA faith where they could place it in a doorknob. You know, they had nothing. I'm telling you, there's some places you can go and it's difficult to talk to people even about the existence of God. We, we weren't talking about how, listen, we weren't up in Washington for 11 years trying to talk to people about how, uh, how the Baptist church was better than the Catholic church or anything. I mean, we literally, you started at the base level. Listen, God exists. I, I'm just telling you, I'm not saying it's harder there, it's more difficult there, and we had a hard time. No, no, God gave us a blessed ministry. We saw souls saved. We saw the church grow to the point where we had to sit, literally divide it and go start a church over in the next town. I mean, that's, I mean God blessed. But I'm just telling you, there are places you go in this world, and it is literally difficult to even get a conversation going, not about the gospel, but about the existence of the God who sent his son to give us the gospel. And so could we kind of understand this? Listen, as I go out on visitation, or as I go to the store, or as I get gas, can we think about the blessed opportunity that we have just to pull out, and I didn't have one in my, in my pocket today. I'm a terrible Christian, I'll tell you. That, that we could pull out a track and just walk up and say, hey, I'd like to invite you to Kazadel Baptist Church. I'd love for you to come hear our preacher preach. Uh, you ought to come hear our choir sing. I'd love to, to come to game night. Because what you're engaging in there is the same things that your missionaries engage in every day just begging God Lord would you just give us opportunity to talk to one person and we live here in America where we can walk around and talk to any person I understand some of them are ugly and mean and nasty I get that not everybody's kind a friend listen to me God desires for us to learn to be ministers and he desires for us to learn to be controlled by his spirit that we would be sensitive to his spirit that he might be able to direct us at any moment in time to, 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 to minister to those who are lost. My wife grew up in Yakima, Washington. That's kind of how we got connected up to Washington. Yakima, Washington. If you ever, uh, maybe you've heard of Yakima, Washington, apples. If you look at your apple, it might have come from Yakima, Washington. But uh, Yakima, if you ever go there, Yakima Valley, uh, as soon as I drove into it, and some of you who read uh, uh, Louis L'Amour, you might get this. As soon as I, I crest over the mountain into going down into the Yakima Valley, I mean, it's just like, wow, Louis L'Amour must have written every book right here in Yakima Valley. I mean, it just looked like that's where my mind It looks like a Louis L'Amour book down there. It's awesome. And uh, you had the mountains, and you had the valleys, and the sagebrush, and Anyway, so, so she grew up there, and she grew up a very much an equestrian. And uh, she, uh, she grew up you know, riding horses. Her dad is a cowboy. I mean, he, he looks good. I mean, he looks the part of a cowboy even. You look at my father-in-law, and you go, yeah, he's absolutely a cowboy boots hat. It fits him. You put it on me, and I look like a, a dumb city slicker. That's what I look like. I mean, you know, that's what I feel like anyway if I put a hat on. My six, I got boots on again, you know. Uh, but... But uh, uh, anyway, he, he, uh, 
he grew up, they grew up with horses and everything. And so when, when I like was convinced that she was going to marry me, she was not yet. I was convinced she was going to marry me. If you look at the two of us, you know why she took a little more convincing than I did. Amen. And uh, somebody said, you have beautiful kids. I'm like, yep, because they're mom. I, I know right where the credit uh, is due, except for the little one. He looks just like all the other Carter men. Bless his heart. Uh, but but, uh, but uh, anyway, I, I got interested in her. I'm like... I, I, you know, I got this urge and this desire to like, like, I hate cowboy boots. I hate cowboy hats. I, I'm never wearing a big belt buckle, but I'm going to learn about horses because I know she likes horses, right? And I, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get knowledge about horses. So there's another guy we went to college with and, and, uh, and he actually trained horses. I was like, this is perfect. So I became his best friend too. You know, like you and I, we're going to be buddies and you're going to teach me. And I went with him uh, on Saturday, started going on Saturdays after visitation with him uh, uh, to this arena where he would like literally train horses. And, and I'd, I'd watch him train horses and, and he would, uh, he, he got on there. He said, uh, listen, uh, uh, we, we, uh, we, you don't, uh, my idea was like kind of John Wayne. You kick the horse with the spur and it goes, you know, that's what I thought about horses. And he said, no, 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 it has nothing. He said, you just kind of lean into it with your, with your heel gently. He said, and then you just kind of pull the reins, you know, you know, this way. And he said, when they feel that rein on their neck and they kind of feel your heel, their, your, your heel in, their, in their side, then they know they're, they're going to go this way. And he said, if you want to go that way, you, you, you take your, your right heel and you pull it this way to the right, and then they, they know you're going to go this way. <laughs> it, it wasn't like getting beat. I mean, it wasn't like taking spurs and jamming them into their side as hard as possible. I was like, man, this horse riding is really easy stuff. And I was like, this is so simple. I mean, until like later on, he was like riding around. The horse wasn't doing what he wanted it to do. He's telling about how gentle you want to be with the horse, how kind you want to be to the horse. And the horse wasn't listening to him. So he steps down off it, and he just rears back and punches the horse right in the snaz. I'm like, well, what happened to gentle? Where did that go, you know? But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God is going to give you divinely appointed moments in time that you might be able to share His Son, Jesus Christ, that people really need. I had more points, but I'm going to move on because I think we get the point this morning. God wants to use you to minister His Son to someone else. And His Holy Spirit is not going to beat you over the head, but it is gently going to just direct you and guide you and say, hey, I don't know if you've been there before, but hey, you need to stop right over here. You see it going in that store. I, I, I don't know if you've been there before. or uh, You know what? You need to go see sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. Or you need to go do this and you need to go do that. And, and I'm telling you, he's placed his spirit within you so he might be able to guide you to divinely appointed ministry opportunities in your life so that someone else can know more about his son. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this evening.